there, pretties. It's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And a really sweet guy with a deep voice to give you a... Uh, oh, yes. Just a quick warning. Yes, the Chrissy and Heather show contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and nonsense. If you're averse to any of these ingredients, the Chrissy and Heather show may not be for you. So talk to your doctor and all your friends about this program. Let's get into it. It's a very special day here at it's the show, Heather. It's a special Heather. day. You know why it's a special day? We have a special guest. Jennifer Powell is here. <laughs> Welcome. Jennifer Powell is incredible and she's here and I'm so happy. So um, I want to talk a little bit about how I met Jen, which I figured it'll loosen us up right away because I met Jen at a tumultuous time in my life. Basically, I was a, I was out at an event and a mutual friend of ours was listening to my story of weight loss mm, and mm-hmm. drama and whatever. <laughs> and she said, you should know Jennifer Powell. Do you know Jen? And I said, I do not, but I would like to. So I cold called Jen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? It was. I absolutely Only cold Chrissy. called her. And I we said- We should be friends. I would you be best friends? And I said, would you like to be my friend? No. Uh, I said, you know, I said, well, you were at the end of your Miss, tell me, get the Miss right for me. I was Mrs. Florida 2018 and then Mrs. United States Continental. Yes. So it was when you were newly Mrs. Florida mm-hmm. and you were still looking for your platform. Yes. And I just called her and said, I want to help you. I don't I don't even know what is happening. <laughs> I just want to help you. I just I, I think it's really cool that you work with youth, that you work with health, that you, you know, whatever. I want to know you. And so I went and met Jen and could tell that she was just Someone that was just really trustworthy, really calm, had been through some things and gotten to the other side. I was going through some things. I was nowhere near the other side. I like blabbed my whole life to her, <laughs> told her all my deepest, darkest secrets, cried a lot. Like, yeah, it was a hey girl. Hey, hey girl. Hey. <laughs> and um, that's how I met Jen. That's how I come to, came was to know. A magical first date. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really special person. And look, she's she's here today. So. Yeah, she came. <laughs> she came back. She came back. She came you, back. You didn't scare her oh, off with so your funny. authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I find her to be a particularly authentic human being. So oh, thank you. Thank you yes. for having me today. I'm excited. I am excited that you are here. So you have so many adventures to talk about. Um Gosh, I don't even know where to start. Let, let's start with, so let me know if I have this right, Jen. Okay. What what I've gathered is that you kind of went through like a personal weight loss transformation and it catapulted a lot of things in your life. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Can you tell I think, us about it? Mm-hmm. I think um, like anyone, I met my high school sweetheart. I ended up marrying him. I had kids and then I just kind of let myself go. Um, Really didn't focus on who I was as a woman anymore. Um, I won't say that I wasn't happy because I was happy in my marriage and I was, you know, blessed with beautiful children, but I don't really think I identified with who I was. 
And I, I remember sitting at the park one day and my husband's like, I won't hold you back from doing anything you want to do. I support you and love you. Um, you just have to decide. And I was like, Ooh, okay. So like, I have no excuses now. You know, everyone's old enough to not make any more excuses about my weight. Um, I don't do anything for me. And so I walked into a gym and decided that I would just commit to 90 days of being well. And um, I had no clue. It really wasn't about the weight loss. It was just taking an hour and committing to something in my life for myself. Um, you know, a lot of people lose weight. And it's like the number one every year is like, I'm going to be skinny and I'm going to be hot. Um, I feel like that was one of the cool things that came out of it. I got really fit. And, and you're super hot. Ah! <laughs> my husband thinks so. Um, he's like, I got me a new wife. Um <laughs> But that really wasn't what came from it. Mm -hmm. That's what it looked like from the outside. Right. People are like, wow, look how fit she is. Look how look at the ego and, you know, the vanity that comes with it. But it really was not about that. I became a whole nother woman. Mm -hmm. um, I started to see things differently. I started to listen more. And it opened so many doors. And, you know, God led me down a bunch of different really cool experiences that have kind of led me where I am today. So how much weight did you lose? I originally, when in the 90 day challenge that I did, I lost 35 pounds and then I continued that on and lost 65 pounds. I can relate. My trajectory was very similar with high school sweetheart, get married. We had a big time, um, a, a big period of time when we were married that we, before we had kids, that's when I let myself kind mm -hmm. of go. And, um, and then I also had a, a pretty big weight loss project That's after awesome. having my first kid um, and worked out at, at body track. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yes. I, I love, love it there. So how did you get into the pageant world? <laughs> um, so I really didn't know that I had a big, long bucket list of things. Once I lost the weight, I became a brand ambassador for body track. Um, so at what, 34 years old, I was, doing fitness modeling. I signed on with a fitness um, modeling agency and did some really cool stuff with them, which then kind of led me like, well, if I can do that, then I should be able to run a marathon. So I trained to do that. And then, um, you know, once you kind of get into fitness, you fall in love with all the different avenues of it, mm -hmm. which led to powerlifting. And I was like, hey, what's your goal? And my trainer was like, you got to think of something now. I'm like, well, we have 90 days. I could totally do a meet, right? He's like, mm, probably not. But if you say, then we'll do it. And so I did and ended up competing on a national level with that and then fell in love with Strongman. And it was another bucket list thing. I was like, hey, if you can do that, I can lift cars and stones because that seems totally doable. Um, and then in, in the middle of that, um, I was writing on my Gen Pal Fit page to connect with people. It wasn't that these things were defining me as a woman. It was just showing myself that no matter what I set my mind to, that I was capable of anything mm -hmm. that I wanted in life. Mm -hmm. um, and that I'd already won. It wasn't about the medals. That I already won because I was stepping out of my comfort zone. That I was walking into arenas that weren't me. Um, and so my sister said, you know what? You really need to tell your story. And that's what pageantry really is. And I did not know that. Um, I thought pageantry was a beauty contest. Um, 
And truly, these women, especially at the misses level, they are competing um, for what they do in the community, how they're giving back. You know, the, the philanthropy side of it is huge. And so when you go through um, that process, my sister's like, listen, we have 60 days. You're going to compete. I'm like, are you serious? I don't walk in high heel shoes, but okay, let's do this thing. Didn't know I had to have a platform. So one, <laughs> I winged that thing at the last minute. But really, it's about your interview process and really knowing who you are as a human being. And um, I think I was definitely out of the norm of what they saw. And I just went in and was me and was not the most glamorous, smooth walk, stage walking woman out there. But I really embraced who I was. And, um, and I think it brought me to another side of me that I didn't know that I really did want to give back. And I really did want to help people embrace, especially our youth. Um, I wish I would have had these skills at a younger age to know how to embrace that. You said you were a little bit different than some of the other people that they would normally see in pageantry. Did you find a community there or was it more just a a place for yourself? I think both. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm, I'm the world's worst at ever fluffing anything. I am the least fluffy person you will ever meet. Your face said to me, hmm, there were some girls I didn't like, and (laughs) and there were some girls I did. Uh, Your your face just said that to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that with any sport, it's the same thing when I competed in sports. There's people Mm -hmm. that are like that and not open to to newbies or new people letting into their world and community. Um, And that's women as a whole. It's Women are tough. Um, but I was really comfortable in my skin. I just was going out there to enjoy and for me to grow as a human being. It really wasn't about the competition. I mean, obviously, I want to do well and do better than I did yesterday. But it really wasn't about the win. On the way to the pageant, I remember I talked to um, the woman that I was going to be stepping into her place if I did win. And I said, how did you know she won? She said, I decided. And I said, you know what, I've already decided that I'd won. I was traveling the state speaking to boys and girls clubs and sitting Mm -hmm. on the floor with them. Man, that was like the most powerful experience I've ever been able to. So for me, I was wearing the crown. Right. I mean, they were gathering around me and learning from me and I was learning from them. And that was really winning. Yeah, that's awesome. So what led you to you are today the CEO of Girls on the Run of the Big Bend, right? And this yeah. is fair, you haven't been in this role very long. You were a board member, right? And then I you, was. now you're the CEO. Tell us about it. How'd you get here? And tell us about the organization too. Um, I was actually, I started as a volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, someone recommended that I, they're like, you know what? Your story aligns with it. You could run with a girl and empower her and be her cheerleader. I was like, great. That sounds awesome. So I did that as a running buddy for a few years with the same girl. Um, still go to her birthday parties today. Um And so I did that. And then Erica McKibben, who introduced me to the organization, was like, you know what? They're looking for board members. Maybe you should look into it. I'm like, I don't know about that. But (laughs) I did. Um, And it was a different experience, a whole different side of not working with the kids, but actually working on the mission. Um, And then... I guess some people prayed me on <laughs> to be the executive <laughs> director. I really wasn't looking for the job, but sometimes God puts you in places that you were meant to be and you don't really don't realize it. You just have to embrace it. Mm-hmm. And so now I have two full-time jobs. <laughs> 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 What's new, right? Um, you can do anything you want to do. Um, so now I'm here and, and Girls on the Run aligns with um, my story. It comes very natural for me. We are not a running club. But we are teaching girls um, 
how to deal with their emotions, how to deal with the struggles that are out there today, because it's so much harder than it was even for us. Um, teaching them to put one foot in front of the other and to give them the, the, the skills to be able to embrace body image, to embrace who they are, realize that your, your uniqueness is okay. Um, and how do you work with other women and still be empowered. You know, I always say, I'm like, I am comfortable in my skin, so I want to stand next to incredible women. Right. I grow mm-hmm. by standing next to incredible mm-hmm. women. I am not intimidated it's not by that. It's not a contest. No. Yeah, it's not a contest. Like, no. It, and I think that it really takes being very comfortable with who you are to get to a place that it feels okay to be among the amazing caliber. Like, the caliber of women in this town oh, yeah. is uh, unbelievable. Like, yes. And... When I opened up to, I, I was always like, I'm kind of a guy's girl, you know, like whatever. I like to hang out with the boys. Boys are so chill. You know, like I was, I was one of those for a long time. When I started prioritizing female friendship and when I started not basing my female friendships off of who is the wife of, you know, the person I'm with. Because a lot of groups come together in that way, it seems. A lot of groups come together in, oh, well, these two are friends, and then they each started dating these people, and so these people are supposed to be friends now. That's not how I have formed my female friendships. Mm -hmm. My female friendships are, I have said, hey, I want to be your friend, Jen. (laughs) Hey, I want to be your friend, Heather, you know, because you are an exceptional woman, and I want to be among other exceptional women. I've noticed that my... um my female friendships that are the most healthy are ones where we are both really comfortable being who we are. Um, and it doesn't have anything to do with the level of success achieved mm-hmm. or how you, de- you know, how you define success or, you know, any of the, you know, boxes that we check for having for like achievements, but just knowing who you are as a person and being cool with that. Mm-hmm. And, I find that my friendships with other women who are not there are much more challenging and do feel more competitive. And I also was one who would much, I felt much more comfortable hanging out with the guys um, because it did seem like a less catty environment and one where I felt safer and less judged and less likely to be talked about after I left the room. And then when I started noticing that I was developing female friendships that were really functional and solid. It was when I was hanging out with women who are just okay with who they are. And they're not trying to, I wouldn't say that we're not trying to figure it out anymore because we keep learning more, oh, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. but okay with where they are now. This is who I am. And this is where I am now. And let's go on from here. Mm-hmm. And that's just such a liberating place to be. I think that it's it helps you be able to walk into a room and say, well, okay, I don't know how to do this, but I've figured out everything else so far, so I'll probably figure this out too. Right. And just embrace it and see what happens. Right. Because you've already won. Exactly. So the well, rest is gravy. for all of us. Yeah. I think that's the, you know, when I walk into a room, I am... I feel like we're kind of the same. I watch, I'm very observant in people. I don't have, I can be on stage, but I'm very comfortable standing in the back of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like me out of my comfort zone. When I talk, I feel like I actually have something to say. I don't mm-hmm. have to just talk. Right. Um, 
And I think that that's when you find your groove as a woman and you can be around other women. Like, I actually want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear your story. I want to connect to you. Mm-hmm. And when I feel like my friendships that I have found that are, like you said, really solid are ones um, that we all are really good listeners. We all allow the ebb and flow of when it's our turn. Um and just being comfortable in your skin and embracing that we're actually still really different and that I might not agree with everything that you say, but I still respect you as a human being. Yeah. Yeah. And you can hear it and you can, mm-hmm. and you can, you know, all right, well, that's not quite for me, but that's, that's interesting. You yeah. Know, like it's so much fun just to learn yes, about other people. Absolutely. It's funny because this conversation, one of the words that I wrote down, uh, I wanted to get into a little bit of a grab bag with Jen, just about like staying on this same topic here, talking about body image, talking about, you know, youth and how to teach them to be strong, empowered adults someday. But one of the words that I wrote down um, was vulnerability. And I wrote that down really about kind of how we met. Like, I think it is that listening piece. There's something there that I met her and I knew it was okay to be vulnerable, you know? And I mean, highly vulnerable, like, and, you know, and I think that that is such an important skill and and it's a skill. I think it's a skill. Well, then you can understand each other. Yeah. If I can't listen to where you, you know, everyone we learn when we're working with women in the, the business place, I work with a ton of board members that are all women. I mean, I have to sit back and watch because we all respond differently. What is her story? If I can connect with her story and understand why she might be standoffish or why she reacts the way that she does, then I can understand her as a human being and I can be respectful on how I'm going to respond to it. Mm-hmm. Because we don't understand each other. We're like, oh, she's so bitchy. She's this. And we automatically assume you know, that that's the responding or maybe that's where she came from or maybe that's an experience that she had and that's why she is the way she is. You know, and I think when you said vulnerable, it, it reminded me when I finally could embrace that, like, I wasn't a product of my environment. I grew up with alcoholic drug parents. My father died because of that. Bad choices. My sister was an addict. When I could say that out loud and it was not it was it was still part of my story, but it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And it's not people could connect. Yeah, and they understood. They're like, okay, I get her a little bit. I understand why she responds. I understand why she's standing back mm-hmm. a little bit. I understand why she's insecure. Um, I think saying something aloud strips away the guilt or the shame or mm-hmm. the you know like, and like you said, it, it allows people to have something to connect to. It lets people say. Wow, like it's seen as brave right. when we do this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's seen as brave and may, perhaps it very much is because to be vulnerable is a very scary thing. Mm-hmm. You know? It is. Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody's thoughtful for a minute. <laughs> Y'all just the magic words. We're, we're, we're on, we're on uh, radio so you can't see that all of our faces. It's like, just, oh, just let me reflect on that for a minute. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about Um, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about the idea of walking into a room and having like one of those, my name is stickers on. And instead of my name being on it, having it be like part, like things I've been through, like maybe it's things I usually hide or Mm -hmm. things that you might need to know. And, and I kind of feel like they are leveling things. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I know that, you know, you said women are tough. You know, I, I see um, 
womanhood as very competitive Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of cases. And I'm not sure what we're trying to prove. Maybe, I don't know if it's that we've all got it together or that we don't have any problems. I mean, of course, none of that is true. (laughs) No. But I kind of feel like there are times when I, I will, I'll say it this way. I am comfortable on stage. I'm comfortable being in charge. I'm comfortable being the leader. I'm often put in that position. And I think sometimes that leads people to believe that I've got my shit together. Right. And in some cases I do. You know, there are some things that we all have really done well and we've got organized and are solid in our lives. And then there are some things that are a mess. Mm -hmm. And everybody's got something. Right. And so I kind of like the idea of walking into a room and just, Here's my emotional baggage yeah. laid there for you. I kind of like the idea of like, you That's know. That's exactly how I met Jen. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's kind of how I my brain told me about it is like the my name is and it's like <laughs> my issues are <laughs> Here's my issues. Well, these actually bring you to where you know as I, you know, when people are like how do you handle it? How are you're like Wonder Woman and you can handle all these things? Well, actually that comes from chaos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those skills came from it was the only way that I could wrap my head around functioning. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? So, I am the overachiever and I have to be very reflective as a woman like okay are you doing these for the right reasons is this because of the what your experiences were um because if you read about children that grow up in homes like that you are Mm -hmm. you're an overachiever you are um, super dependable because i was let down a whole lot Mm -hmm. um and so that's what i think is so interesting to like learn people's dynamic and, and the way that they are as human beings is because there's a story behind it I'm curious to know, Chrissy looked like she was going to ask you a question, but I'm going to jump in and ask a question anyway. I'm curious to know, when you're working with um, some of the girls that are in your program, do you see young girls who remind you of a younger you? Mm -hmm. And, And my curiosity is how you then respond to that. They all are. Um, I think that we're all as women, even as young children, this, this world of perfection, they're all striving in some way to be what they think that society needs them to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's com- becoming younger and younger. Our yes. program studies that. And that's why we're looking at moving this back to second grade and starting them because they're already seeing, obviously, with more social media, um, they're looking at body image, these kids on the screen. Um, our program teaches them we do it in a mastery climate so there's nothing performance based about what we do I wish that we had a world like that I mean obviously it's good to have drive and and goals um, but when everything in life is performance based what do we expect they are the, the failure of not living up to whatever that standard is, is going to always be let down. Their confidence level, same thing as women. We're like, you know, when you stand next to someone that's made it really big, you're like, okay, well, I didn't do that. So does that mean I'm not successful? And Mm -hmm. I'm not as skinny as she is. So does that mean I'm not as pretty? Um, And this is what our kids see. So, you know, we connect, we teach our coaches to connect with your story. Most of our coaches have the same story in some way, like whatever they battled and why they're passionate about giving back to the community. So obviously we related on a child's level, but we talk about our struggles and what we remember as being a kid. I remember being picked on. They wrote all over my locker and called me really nasty names. 
Um, and those things stay with you for a very long time. So we're constantly teaching them how to reframe their thinking. That's what our program actually is. We run um, as like a metaphor to teach them to put one foot in front of the other because guess what, friends? It's going to be really hard. Mm-hmm. But the reason we're all standing here today is because we decided to get back up and we decided mm-hmm. to keep moving forward. And you'll find your people. You oh, always yeah, find your people. It just, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Jen, you and I both have daughters, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, my relationship with my son and my relationship with my daughter are different, and you have a son and a daughter, yes. too, so, you know, and, um, you just got the boys, Heather, you know, but, <laughs> but boy, with having daughters, like, I have found with both of my children, but particularly with my daughter, like you said, you know, people wrote on my locker and, and, and said mean things, sharing that with children is so important, mm-hmm. I, I think, because... Letting them know, wow, this is a strong woman in front of me. This is a put together, awesome lady. And her life looked just like mine. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that when I was a younger parent, a newer parent, I wanted to always be perfect for my children too. Just like I wanted to always be perfect for society. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be like, I have all the answers and I am amazing. And, you know, and it wasn't truly me and showing my children the flawed version of me and letting them know you know the the things that have hurt along the way I think creates such a stronger bond I think that's how we teach our kids that this this society of perfection is not real because it's not even real with me it's not even real right here in our house kiddo you know? And we're actually setting up for failure if yeah. we do that as a parent. Mm-hmm. You know, if we show them that life's perfect. I remember, you know, with marriage, we've been together for a really long time. And my pastor told me, he said, I said, I don't ever want to argue with them. You know, argue with my husband in front of him. He goes, why? As long as it's like, obviously not violent. And he's like, but that's how they learn conflict. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. in resolution is by right. you showing them that, listen, marriage isn't easy, honey. But let me show you how mommy and daddy are going to get through this. And I was like, oh, Okay. And it made sense since the same thing as a woman, mm-hmm. you know, I am not perfect in any way. And I, and if I do that for my child and I pretend like life is perfect, the pressure that I'm putting on her is so unfair. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, this is good stuff. <laughs> this is good stuff. Being a mom ain't easy. No, <laughs> mom and mom and ain't easy. No, but. but it takes the pressure off when you're able to be honest about, mm-hmm. you know, about what you're doing. I mean, I remember having um, a, a conversation with my dad when I was a teenager and we were both really frustrated about something and he kind of just leveled with me and he's like, look, I've never had a teenage daughter before. And, you know, I had never been a teenage daughter before. We were both novices at at that where we were. And being able to hear my dad say like, you know, Hey, I don't know what guess to do what? Here. This is yeah. new for mm-hmm. me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're trying to figure this out just at the same time that you're trying to figure it out was so helpful. It was helpful for me as a teenager and it's helpful for me as a mom because I have the confidence to, to be pretty leveled with, with my kids about well, this is the first time that we've encountered this. So I'm going to try to figure it out and right. you know that I'm going to make a decision and we're going to go with it and let's just see. Um, and I think it does help give them a level of emotional intelligence um, just to acknowledge that they aren't expected to be perfect. Right. As they, and even as they get older, there's always going to be things that you're doing for the first time. Right. And then really reaching out. And that's why I think you have your, your people, 
Um, I like to surround my, my kids went with me when I went through the boys and girls club and we traveled the state. I take them to women events all the time because I want them to see that I am great because I'm surrounding myself with greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just because of me. I mean, I have had to lean on a lot of really great women you know, to be inspired by or to be supported by um, and that they can have all of that in community. And Girls on the Run teaches them that too, you know. Jen, how um, both in Girls on the Run and in your life, you walked into that gym, you did a 90-day challenge, you stuck with it. So I want to talk a little bit about how to make changes stick versus how to, you know, and, and I think it's so much mental, you know. Um, it's all mental. Yeah, let's let's talk about it a little bit. I don't, you know, I I don't really think that I thought that in the beginning. I mean, I was just like, I just want to be well. I obviously don't want to be where I am. I don't think that my why was the same then that it is now. But I had to realize my reasons that I was in the the place that I was in. So that's where the mental part comes. Mm-hmm. Like you're eating for a reason. Mm-hmm. You're not eating for a reason. You're talking negative to yourself for a reason. So where did that root from? Mm-hmm. Um, and those are a lot of places that people don't want to go. Right. That's hard stuff. It is hard stuff. But that's when you grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I owned a gym. And when I would train people, I swear I was like a therapist trainer. Yep. I'm like, if you can get through that wall, because there's something really dark that you don't want to walk through. But when you can embrace that and say it out loud I'm telling you the wall comes crumbling down and the possibilities on the other side are endless. Isn't that interesting, that mind-body experience mm-hmm. and that, you know, they really do, like, when we challenge ourselves physically, it's never just a physical challenge, no. is it? No, you know? no. Your mind will be the one that gets you through everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's when, I, I imagine it when we're lifting, we were lifting 300-pound stones over walls. Like, it wasn't that my body, my physical, my body was going to, burn out before my my mind was mm-hmm. you know I knew I had one minute I was gonna have to give it everything in my mind that I had mm-hmm. um, because I was gonna get tired mm-hmm. and so when you learn that power it's not something that happens overnight mm-hmm. it's small changes each day like okay five four three two one I'm gonna get up I don't want to but I'm getting up before I can even think about it mm-hmm. I'm gonna do something that takes me out of my comfort zone five four three two one I'm in mm-hmm. okay this is awkward <laughs> but I'm here because it starts to get less awkward. Everything seems, you know, I hear little girls, I'm like, would you like to speak and share? And they're like, no, no. They're like afraid that something, they're going to say something wrong. When I started doing that and I said something wrong and I'd be like, wow, I just made everyone feel really comfortable now that I totally butchered that. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's like, okay, she's normal. I like her. I think that's the, the theme of the day and the theme of really our lives is when you put yourself out there in mm-hmm. that vulnerable, awkward position and you just do it, it takes away all the scary. Yeah. I spent all weekend working on um, this book that I'm writing. And I got to a point in it where I started to kind of spin out of control for a minute. I'm like, oh, my gosh, but this is a lot of ugly stuff here. And it's, people, people aren't going to like me and people aren't going to whatever, whatever. And how I got myself back under control was I remembered some of the most vulnerable the most raw articles that I have published and how afraid I was to hit the publish button and send it off to, you know, someone else to read. And that those are often my most well-received things, Mm -hmm. you know, the most well-received things are the things that 
are the most raw and the real and the most personal that you give turns out to be the most universal. Absolutely. I remember when my sister said, I want you to start the Jen Palfit blog, I, I call it. And I was like, but people are going to judge me. And they're mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, she just thinks she's all that. And she's just showing off her, her abs. And I was like, yeah, they are going to say it. She said, you, they are going to say that. But you can either choose to not say it and not connect with and help other people. Or you can let the naysayers hold you back. And I would have, if I, if I hadn't started that, I would mm-hmm. never be where I am today. Mm-hmm. Um and so not everybody's going to like you. Not everyone's going to agree with you. And that's okay. That means you have an opinion. That means you're a human being. Not every single person agrees. Um, but if you're not living and you're not, you know, being your true self, then who are you really? I really try when I see like moms at our school, our kids go to the same school, um, moms at our school and stuff who are trying something new and they're putting themselves out there Um even if I'm not the biggest fan of their content or whatever they're doing, I try to, you know, at least social media support it. I try to, you know, I try to let them know when I see them, like, way to go, way to, you know, way to step out and try something new. Because it doesn't have to be for me, you know, it doesn't have to be something that I'm really into. I think it's cool that when I see people exploring what is for them. Absolutely. And being brave. Mm -hmm. Yep. Being very brave. Really cool. I have a paperweight that is in my kind of like my little section of the bathroom that um, I look at every day and I love it. It says um, people are going to stare, make it worth their while. It's true. And one of my personal mantras is give them something to talk about. Right. Like people are going to talk about mm-hmm. you. I mean, we had a show about, you know, what's the um, how likable are you and like mm-hmm. what makes somebody likable. And I was wondering, you know, I wonder what the average amount of people are like for each individual person I wonder on the average how many people are gonna not like you and so I figure there's some number of of people who just aren't gonna like me I'm just not gonna be their cup of tea so you gotta factor that in not everyone's gonna like me I mean it's just completely unrealistic that everybody is gonna like what I've what I'm bringing Mm -hmm. and so just factor that in and if somebody looks at your cross side well they're there's one of the people that don't like me yeah <laughs> you know, i knew it was gonna happen eventually well yeah. i really really uh like that heather brought a quote uh heather likes to end every show with a quote <laughs> all of her shows with a quote um that is the thing that she likes to do and so i'm gonna allow it because i could sit and talk to you all day yeah. we could keep these microphones on forever and ever and ever and talk but we should let Jen get back to her real life at some point. Yes, you um, can choose which of your jobs. Yes, yeah, one that. of her <laughs> one of her seventeen jobs probably needs her um, at this point. Um, so go on, visit us online. Uh, we will put up links to Girls on the Run um, and anything else that you want to share. Is there anything else before we get out of here, Jen, that you want to share with us that you want to make sure that we that we know? No, I just think that everyone um, when you wake up every single day make life. Um, make your own and and follow your purpose in life. That's what we're here for. We get one shot. Um, so if you dream it and you believe it, you can do it and go out there and, and make some change and do purposeful things.
I'm so glad we had you here today. Thanks for having me. And I really like that we just sat uh, very, very comfortably. We didn't even really go to notes. It was just a nice conversation. And these are some of my favorites. I love doing that. Yeah. Thank so, you for being here. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you, Jen. We are so happy to have you here today. We might just make you a permanent part of our <laughs> show. <laughs> Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Deep voice guy, how'd we do? I think you ladies did absolutely fabulous. And for those of you looking to increase your dosage, make sure to connect with The Chrissy and Heather Show on Facebook and Instagram.